inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy and teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott B. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Have you ever wondered... Have you ever wondered what it's, what are they thinking? Have you ever wondered what is going on? Have you ever wondered if that person grew up in a barn? Have you ever experienced something so strange with somebody else that you asked yourself, what could they be thinking? You know, In 30 plus years of working with people at the structural level, one thing I realize is most people have misfiled their past into their future. You know, we have filing cabinets. We have a past. We have a present. We have a future. And most people have misfiled their past into their future. And as we go through life, we create meaning through experiences. As we build a a repertoire of experiences, you know, successes, failures, uh, and they can be positive and negative. In that process, we're also creating the structure of our map of reality. As certain experiences take our top focus, they become structured belief systems that can hinder or help us as we navigate this thing called life. And those things, quote, or experiences that get the most attention become the most emotive, or elicit the greatest response, become dominant belief systems. And so today on Like It Matters Radio, I'm going to posit that we're all little meaning makers. You know, this is a science-based show. It's not a lot of opinion. I'm not Sean Handy. I'm not Chris Plant. Uh, Great people. I wish I had their fame, their success, their money. I will someday, but I don't right now. But I delve in the science. Science. Remember that word? Science. Follow the science. What our administration was really saying was follow the political science, but I'm actually telling you to follow the science. Science such as transactional analysis with Dr. Eric Byrne, neurolinguistic programming with doctors like Milton Erickson and Virginia Satir, multiple intelligences with Dr. Howard Gardner, logotherapy, Dr. Viktor Frankl, Kani, Dr. W. Edwards Deming, constant, never-ending improvement, emotional intelligence, Dan Goldman, uh, and a horde of others, epigenetics, people like Dr. Caroline Leaf and Bruce Lipton, CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, the Bible, the Word of God. That's what the show is about. And today, we're going to go deep into how we create stuff, how we create belief systems, how we do it, what are the machinations so you know exactly what you're doing. But before we do that, let's take a nice deep breath in through the nose and exhale through the mouth. And now, story time with Mr. Black. A lot of people don't know, but the Philippine Islands are, I think there's like 7,000 little islands that make up the Philippines. 
And the U.S. controlled the Philippines for most time, but for a little while, the Japanese took control of the Philippine Islands. That was when I think General MacArthur did the famous I Shall Return. Before Schwarzenegger did, I'll be back, is what he said. And what Japan would do, see, there was the main islands in the Philippines, but there was lots of thousands of tiny little islands. And what the Japanese did while they controlled the Philippine islands during the war for a short time is they would plant soldiers and platoons of soldiers on these uh, deserted islands that were farther away from the mainland. With the idea being that as the Allies came, and they were going to come, they knew the Allies were going to come to retake the Philippines, or at least attempt to, that as they were farther away, these these remote islands that had soldiers on could radio into the mainland and the Japanese could get ready for the battle that was to ensue. And so about 20 years uh, after the war had ended, one of these islands, desert islands, uh, started getting some flack. They started getting reports from police and uh, people calling in that uh, uh, farm animals being killed and actually people being wounded. And I think there was a few people killed as well. And so the Philippine government wanted to figure out what was going on. What, what could someone be doing? How could one of our fellow Filipinos uh, be wreaking such havoc? And after some research and study, they realized what was going on. That wasn't one of their Filipino brothers or sisters. You see, on one of those islands, the one that we're talking about, there was still a Japanese soldier who was on that island. See, he was dropped off and told to defend this island until he was released from that command, from that mission. And he'd never been released. So they realized this was a Japanese soldier, so they dropped leaflets saying the war is over They uh, and it wouldn't work. They would uh, bring in uh, old soldiers, Japanese soldiers, to see if they could r get the guy out and say, hey, the war is over. Nothing worked. And so after a while, the Filipino government figured they're going to have to take him out. He's a threat. He's killed people. He's threatening people. He's crazy. War's been over for 20 years, and he's still fighting a war that's been over. So the Japanese uh, government said, listen to the Philippine government, give us one last chance. Before you set up a SWAT team to take him out, let us see if we can get him off that island without any war. And so what they did is they got a retired World War II officer. They took a, a, a decommissioned World War II vessel and they parked that vessel off the coast of that island for a couple weeks because they knew that was a good soldier. After a couple weeks being anchored off the island, the retired officer landed and laid out ceremonial teas. And after hours of sitting with his back toward the ocean, sitting on the beach, waiting for that soldier to come out for a ceremonial tea to be released from duty, through the brush, through the thicket, comes this soldier still in uniform they partook of the tea he released him from his mission and they went back to Japan now once he got back to Japan what do you think happened to him do you think he was thrown in jail do you think he was done medical experience do you think he was put in a loony bin no what happened was the Japanese government made him a hero a child of the state. He was taken care of for the rest of his life. Matter of fact, I think it was in the last decade he finally died. I tell you the story all for the line that I'm about to say. 
I heard this line 30 years ago and I said it to myself over and over every day for decades. What the Japanese soldier told that, I mean, what the Japanese government told that Japanese soldier was well done, soldier, but the war is over. Well done, soldier, but the war is over. There are many people today fighting a battle that's been over for decades. See, as little children, we're little meaning makers. Today, we're going to talk about logotherapy and the science of logotherapy, about man's will to meaning. By the time a child is five years old, the majority of their map of reality is already in place. Now, for a lot of people, uh, they go through traumatic childhoods. There's family of origin issues, a lot of abuse, a lot of bad stuff. And so they got to just survive, just get through that. And then as a young adult, they have this belief system in place that got them through the battle of being a youth, that got them through the battle of their family of origin issues. But now they're no longer that five-year-old kid. They're no longer that 12-year-old kid. They're no longer that 70-year-old kid. They're no longer. But what they're doing is they're running the same program. And so today, we're going to break down the machinations of how we create experience, how we create a belief system, what those belief systems do. And when some of those belief systems get so reinforced that they actually become a block to us, a wall, a physical barrier that keeps us from being everything that we were created to be. And those are called the 20 blocks to leadership. So today, you're going to learn a lot about yourself, not just to learn but so you could do something about it because we need to remind ourselves, well done, soldier, but that war is over. I'm Black, and we'll be right back. Can your IRA stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is at our doorsteps? By allocating a percentage of your IRA into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from turbulent markets and economic downturns by putting your IRA back on the gold standard. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Call now for your free gold and silver report. Protect your IRA today with one simple phone call and learn how to qualify for up to $10,000 in free silver. Call Genesis Gold Group, empowering faith-driven stewardship. 800-504-1123. 800-504-1123. 800-504-1123. That's 800-504-1123. Give me 48 hours and I will give you a new beginning. Give me 48 hours and I will give you hope. Give me 48 hours and I will give you your power back. Because between the stimulus and the response, there is a space. And in that space is your freedom. It is your power. At Like It Matters Leadership Awakening, 48 hours will change the course of your life. Discover the very purpose of your life along with the ability to achieve. Give Mr. Black 48 hours in the next Leadership Awakening. Sign up at likeitmatters.net slash schedule. 
Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I'm black. And if you're ready to change your life, if you're willing to no longer settle for good enough, if you're ready to get out of the pasture seat and get in the driver's seat and find out the best that God has for you, then get your butt in class. Go to likeitmatters.net, spend 48 hours with me. I guarantee you I'll create an environment that you can change your life forever. And then you'll have this daily radio show, my uh, a bi-weekly podcast to help you keep it going. I'll be in uh, Dallas-Fort Worth, September 21 through 23. I think we're only eight people, so I got four more spots in that class. We keep them about 12 people. Uh, and then I will be in Minneapolis-St. Paul, October. I think it's the 16th through the 18th. I'll be in Vegas in November, and then uh, we'll close out the year, first week in Dallas uh, in December. So Go to likeitmatters.net, and you can read all about that. Also, wherever you listen to podcasts, please follow and subscribe to our podcast, uh, Living Life Like It Matters. I have two podcasts. Like It Matters Radio is actually a live radio show that then goes into podcast form. After it's over, you can go to likeitmattersradio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that. Just uh, search for Living Life Like It Matters. Search for Like It Matters Radio wherever you listen to podcasts, and be sure to subscribe and never miss an episode because we're working on you. Remember, man is a three-part being. We have a body that is our vehicle. It's how we maneuver this experience. We have a brain, a mind that runs the body, but you are not the brain and you are not the body. Those are both carbon-based life form. In other words, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. It's the base element in the universe. It comes from dust goes to dust. That's what your body will be. I call it worm food. And that's what your brain will be. Call it worm food. But you are the spirit and it will be somewhere eternally. And so what we're doing today is we're talking about the machinations of the brain. The battle is in the mind. Again, I I could quote you scripture all day long about how God says the battle's in the mind. Romans 12, 2 is one of my favorite verses. To not think like this world, to transform your thinking. Metamorphosis. How does a caterpillar become a butterfly? They are two separate entities. It is a metamorphosis. How do I go from being a abused, rage-driven, sexual, promiscuous, um, white trash, how do I go from that to being a powerful child of God who changes eternal destinations, changes lives on this planet? But God, that's how. And what I do here is I want to teach you how we work because you were put into that body. You're the spirit, but you were born into a body and you were given a brain, right? But boy, do we make a lot of mistakes, but we learn. And if you know how to run the machine, then you can run the machinery better. It can be more profitable, less problems. And so logotherapy is something I talk about a lot. Dr. Viktor Frankl is considered the father of logotherapy. The theory is founded on the belief that human nature is motivated by search for a life purpose. Why am I here? It's existential questions. I'm not into existentialism, but I am to an existential belief system of why am I here? 
questioning myself. What is my purpose? Why do I get up each day, do what I do, go home at night, get the next day and do it again and again and again? It was Aristotle or Socrates who called that an examined life. And they said examined life is not worth living. Paul, one of the greatest Christians outside of Jesus himself, tells us to examine ourselves, to question ourselves. If you're a child of the living God, if you're a child of the God of the Bible, you should question yourself. You should question your faith. Where do you think you find answers? By, through questions. And so logotherapy is the pursuit of the meaning for one's life. And by the way, Frankel's theories heavily influenced by his personal experience of suffering and loss in concentration camps. Uh, the, one of my favorite books I've read three decades ago, it's hard to read again, Man's Search for Meaning. And when Dr. Frank was in Auschwitz, he lost his, his wife. He saw his wife, pregnant wife, killed in the gas chambers, mom and dad. And he said, you know, when the gates of Auschwitz would open up, he said, I could tell who was going to make it. And by make it, he didn't mean live because that was out of the realm of their control. He put it this way. He said, the Nazis could take our food. They could take our clothing. They could take our family. They could take our life, but they could not take our will. That had to be freely given. And so Viktor Frankl's logotherapy is based on the premise that the human person is motivated by a will to meaning. If you ever had a small child or been around one for great lengths, I'm talking about when they can talk, you know, two, three, four years old. Why daddy? Why mommy? Why uncle Bob? Why Aunt Judy? Why Auntie? Why Merm? Don't you see? Why all the why questions for Logan? Why are they doing that, Daddy? Why does that thing say that? Why did you say that? Why did she do that? Why don't you get it? We're working to make meaning out of life. We experience life one time and then we give it meaning. Remember, this is how God made you. Your mind is six times faster you can talk. This is why transactional analysis, the other study, Dr. Eric Burns' work, transactional analysis is a study of communication. It's a stimulus and response. That's a transaction. Remember the old dial-ups? When you dialed up, it would go, doo, and they go, deet. And when it went, deet, it was connecting. And then when you were done, you would end that signal, and it would say, transaction completed. Because there was a stimulus and there was a response. That is the study of communication. Someone says something or does something, and somebody says something or does something back. There is your transaction. So why do you need to know this? Because your mind is six times faster. You can talk. This is how God made you. This is why the Bible says to hold your thoughts captive. He wouldn't tell you what to do if he didn't equip you to do it. He tells us that the the tongue is the most wicked of all organs, the most deadly. We're supposed to, to hold our thoughts captive. We're supposed to hold every word captive as well. That's what cognitive behavioral therapy is. The same thing that Paul wrote about to the Corinthian church, to hold your thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. It is the only known therapy to ever get someone off of antidepressants. 
So according to Dr. Frankel, we can discover our meaning in life in three different ways. By creating a work or doing a deed, by experiencing something or encountering someone, or by the attitude to take, to take toward unavoidable suffering. And that everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. And by the way, there's always assumptions, what you call presuppositions in everything, whether you're political or whatever. That's why we're all judgmental. We're all uh, have our own opinion. We're all opinionated. We all have a degree of that in all of us. All psychotherapies make philosophical assumptions about the human person that cannot be proved with certainty. So logotherapy has its own presuppositions or prejudices, like every other human being does. Number one, the human being is an entity consisting of body, mind, and spirit. we got to know this. We're a three-part being. We have a body, but you're not the body. It's your tabernacle, your vehicle, it's your car, whatever you want to call it. We have a mind that runs the body and the battle is in the mind. But you are not the mind and you are not, uh, the, the, you are not the mind and you are not the body. You are the spirit. Your mind and body will be buried somewhere someday, but you will be somewhere else. Number two, life has meaning under all circumstances, even the most miserable. This is why either pro-life or you're not. God doesn't make junk. And even someone with a disease, even someone that has to be taken care of, people learn to have compassion. People learn to have empathy. People learn to sacrifice. People learn to put other people before themselves. And based on the America I know, Joe Biden's America Day, those are things we all need to learn again because we've forgotten them. Number three, people have a will to meaning. Why, Daddy? Why, Daddy? We're making a little belief system. Everything we do or do not do is driven by a belief system. People have freedom under all circumstances to activate the will to find meaning. Number five, life has a demand quality to which people must respond if decisions are to be meaningful. And number six, the individual is unique. There is nobody else like you. See, we are creatures of our past. And this is what we're going to talk about. We put meaning together. Whatever you think about grows the most. This is what Caroline Leaf talks about in her new book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. Whatever has the most energy in the non-conscious mind reflects what we spent the most time thinking about. And whatever we think about the most grows because we're given it energy. Just like a plant needs water to grow, a thought needs energy to grow. Thoughts are real things, and like, uh, and like all real things, they generate energy. Little packets of energy called photons, which are the fundamental particle of light. Albert Einstein discovered this law uh, and won the 1921 Nobel Peace Prize in physics. And so you got to realize stuff happens. From that stuff, we create belief systems. Now, by the time a child is five years old, Dr. Alfred Adler says the majority of our map reality is in place. And what happens is some things take precedent. Some things we encounter over and over. Some bad things happen. Some good things happen. Triggers, patterns. And what we start doing then is we start creating structures from these beliefs. And they become these real physical entities. And at some point, they become a block to leadership. And so what I'm going to do on these last two segments when we come back is I'm going to go through the 20 most common blocks to leadership. These are things that as children happen. And then we started creating structure around them as they happen more. And eventually they became a barrier. And so we're going to identify the 20 most common blocks to leadership for the rest of the show. You don't want to miss this. We'll be right back after these messages. 
I could listen to any national big personality like Glenn Beck or Dave Ramsey, but the way Scott Black applies his academic approach to the average person is so much more relatable. Hey, this is Brett from Sacramento. On the Like It Matters radio show, Scott encompasses a 360-degree view of day-to-day life. So that obviously starts with spirituality and branches out into leadership, branches out into your workplace, social issues, family issues, local issues, national issues, political issues. If you're able to clearly see kind of where you're at, what your purpose is, everybody needs this. It is life-changing. You know Like It Matters Radio brings truth therapy. Here's what you can do to help share this truth. Please call the program manager of your local radio station and ask them to add Like It Matters Radio to their schedule. Like It Matters Radio is radio like it matters. Hi, I'm Ronnie Deutsch, and if you or your business owe money to the IRS, I've got great news for you. Tax laws have changed. Billions of dollars are earmarked for IRS Fresh Start programs. And if you qualify, you can literally save tens of thousands of dollars. Listen, I know what you're going through. Call me if you want to speak with a tax attorney or tax professional for free. 800-246-1687. 800-246-1687. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, like it matters, inspiration, education, and application. You know, you're a little meaning maker. Doesn't sound like an insult. It's not an insult. You're a little meaning maker. I'm a little meaning maker. What we do is we go through life and we create this structure of life. It's called your map of reality. See, nobody responds to reality. We respond to our map of reality. I mean, just look at what's going on in America today. You got two different maps of reality. You got those of us who think Donald Trump's uh, being politically attacked and persecuted, and the guy has a big mouth. He should be quiet sometimes, but he was a good president, and he exposed the deep state, and he had an election unfairly taken from him. That's our map of reality. And then you got the other map of reality that thinks Joe Biden's a god, and Joe Biden's a decent guy, and Donald Trump is a crook, uh, and Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and uh, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton are these God-fearing, perfect saints who walk on water. Now, neither one of those is true. But yet you got people fighting and dying and billions of dollars being spent. And by the way, I really do appreciate my uh, listing audience. I I shouldn't ever give my phone number out because uh, I got the word for the day. People know I'm into words. So I I got a couple of people send me a word for a day. So thank you, listener. Uh, What's the St. Louis? Uh, Bidenflation, the rising cost of voting stupid. Okay, I don't know if that's really a word. But here's a word that's kind of cool. Quaker Wadger. This was sent to me by a listener. I don't know where they're from. Quaker Wadger. It was in 1860. So the Quaker Wadger was a type of wooden puppet. In politics, a Quaker Wadger was a politician acting on the instructions of an influential third party rather than properly representing their constituents. I get where it's come from. So see, the person, the two people that sent me those two words uh, are the previous map of reality. See, we're little meaning makers. By the time a fi- child is five years old, the majority of their map of reality is in place. The Bible says to raise up a child in the way of the Lord, and he will not depart. The Bible says 
if you keep one of these little children from coming to me, it would be better if you were not born. There should be a millstone put around your neck and thrown into the deepest water. If you hurt the children and pervert those kids to where they can't come to Jesus. See, as we go through life, we create a structured belief system based on what we go through. It's our map of reality. If you grow up being sexually molested and abused, you're gonna think that that's normal and everybody's doing it. And we have one of the most racist presidents in 100 years in the White House, Joe Biden, I've never seen more of a racist. I'm not hanging around racist. And just to see Joe Biden, how much, what a racist he is. Everything's about this color of your skin. It's all about black. He thinks black people are stupid. He thinks black people can't do anything on their own. And he thinks white people are like him who are prejudiced, who are mean to black people, who talk down to black people, who think they're better than black people. See, that's what happens when you're around people all the time that are, are doing one way. You think everybody's like that. I'll give you an example. Jerry Sandusky's son arrested on child sex charges. An adoptive son of Jerry Sandusky, Sandusky faces multiple charges of sex crimes involving children, court papers revealed. More than five years after the former Penn State assistant football coach was himself first arrested in a case that sent shockwaves across the university. Jeffrey Sandusky, 41, faced 14 charges. I'm not going to go through what they were. State police accused him of sending inappropriate texts to a victim and asking for naked photos. The online court docket showed that Jeffrey Sandusky was arraigned. His defense lawyer declined to comment on the allegations. Now, Jerry Sandusky is serving a lengthy prison sentence for sexual abuse of 10 boys. A five-year investigation that ended in 2016 found that 45 people claimed they were victims of the assistant coach. By the way, you want to hear this? The state correction department said that because of the charges, Jeffrey Sandusky was suspended without pay from, from employment as a corrections officer at Rockview State Prison near State College. So he was a prison guard and a, a corrections officer. He was one of six adopted children. So what do you think Jerry Sandusky was doing to his adopted kids See, this is the problem. We grow up as children, and that map of reality, if it's not cleaned up, will repeat itself. No one responds to reality. We respond to our map of reality. See, this is why it's important to know how we work. There's a stimulus and a response. Remember, our mind is six times faster, five times to six times faster than we can talk. So here's what happens. Remember, the Bible talks about not keeping a pound of flesh, not keeping a record wrong, not keeping, we're supposed to forgive, we're supposed to let it go. But here's what happened. We keep a record wrong. And we keep a record wrong of everything bad that's ever happened to us, everything that's ever been wrong to us. And what we do is we play that over and over and over and over and over and over, and it starts getting structure. And then we start believing lies. And those lies then control us. And so my forte is leadership. I've been transforming lives for over 30 years. I think it's going 31, going on 32 years now. I have the most intensive transformational leadership training available in 48 hours in a rockier world. You go to likeitmatters.net to read about it. If you're interested in scripture, you can go to uh, wayofwarrior.blog. I send out scripture every day with applicational meaning to it. But what we're going to do now for the rest of the show is go through what I call the 20 most common blocks to leadership. This is very important because these are things that are holding us back. These are things... That 
that created as a situation, an experience, and then it repeated itself one or multiple times, and it became part of your focus. And at some point, it became such a focus that it took on structure, psychologically and for some physically. And so these are what the, the 20 most common things are holding people back. I'm going to go through each one. I'll go through the list if complete real quick, and then I'll explain each one. Number one, fear of risking. Number two, lack of commitment. Number three, rescuer. Number four, victim. Number five, indecisiveness. Number six, low expectations of others. Number seven, fear of failure. Number eight, closed-minded. Number nine, critical. Number 10, lack of focus. Number 11, needing to be liked. Number 12, low self-worth. Number 13, low self-esteem. Number 14, focusing on problems. Number 15, controlling versus empowering. Number 16, having to work hard. Number 17, having to be perfect. Number 18, fear of rejection. Number 19, fear of embarrassment. Number 20, lack of purpose. So let's go through these. Let me explain each one of the time that we have left. Number one, fear of risking. These are people afraid to take a risk. And I'm going to tell you right now, life is about risk. It's a daring adventure or nothing at all, Helen Keller said. You know, we have a Holy Spirit. Those of you who are Christians, you have a Holy Spirit. Why? Because we have a fear of risking. The Holy Spirit's a prodder, a prompter, someone with a stick in your back, push you to step out in faith, to open your mouth, to take on that position, to help that person, to be your brother's keeper. Fear of risking. These are people that they choose the enemy they know versus the enemy they don't know. During World War II, uh, the, the Germans were known for how brutal they were to our U.S. soldiers. And every morning, a soldier would be selected by the commandant and given a choice of how are they going to die that day. They could take a bullet to the head or they could take whatever he devised behind that uh, secret door. And he was known as a busher. A butcher. So every morning, U.S. soldiers step up, bullet to head. U.S. soldiers step up, bullet to head. After a couple months, this young officer asked this commandant, you know, after seeing this over and over and over and over, these brave men taking a bullet to the head, he finally asked the commandant, sir, what's behind that door? What's behind that door that's so scary that these brave men would take a bullet to the head instead of that? And with that, the commandant said freedom. Freedom was behind that door. But they had to take the chance of choosing it. Take the risk of choosing it without knowing that's what they were choosing. Fear of risking. I hated my mom for years because she's kept us with an abusive father. Beat on us all the time. Beat on her. One day my, I told my mom we had a discussion. She said, I understand, son. Put yourself in my position. I had five kids. I worked three jobs. We were already on food stamps, government assistance. I was afraid if I left your father, I couldn't keep the five of you together. You kids, I'd have to split you up. But I knew if we stayed together, we could get through anything together. See, my mother did what a lot of people do. It's not for you to decide or me to decide if she did the right thing. She did what she thought was right. She chose the enemy she knew versus the enemy she didn't know. It's fear of risking. Number two, lack of commitment. Nothing incredible happens without commitment. It's the number one cause that marriages fall apart and so many else, lack of commitment. Number three is rescuer. Number four is victim. And both of those belong to what's called the drama triangle. Write that down, drama triangle. We'll be right back after these messages. You're a work in progress. A little more. 
little more. constantly under construction. That's good. To build your productive life, you need the right tools from Mr. Black and Like It Matters Radio. A good golfer has a great caddy who shares the load and understands the course. Hire Mr. Black as your life caddy to live more fulfilling and successfully. If you want to get to the next level and beyond, both personally and professionally, sign up for Mr. Black's Immersive Leadership Awakening class. It's the most powerful, transformational two days you will ever experience. Stay in touch with Mr. Black and the change connected to him on your schedule with his daily podcast. Search Living Like It Matters wherever you get your podcasts. Walk along with Mr. Black as he goes to God's Instruction Manual. It's manna from the Word of God with Mr. Black's Bible teaching at wayofwarrior.blog. Build yourself up like it matters and get everything God has for you. Go to likeitmatters.net. If I was your mother and you had a drug problem, I'd grab you by the ear and make you call and get help. You can be in treatment tomorrow and start to get clean in seven days. Follow mom's advice and call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now. Write this number down. 800-210-7907-800-210-7907-800-210-7907. That's 800-210-7907. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am black. And man, there's some exciting things happening uh, in my world. So uh, keep uh, on the, keep your ears open because uh, in October we're making a big transition. Uh, we're basically going to be taking uh, what I'm doing and we're going to take one branch and make it very professional for corporations uh, and one branch and we're going to make it what I've been doing but expanding my territory, increasing my responsibilities. So lots of great changes come along, a way to serve you better, a way to increase our territory, expand our responsibility. I truly believe I was made for a time such as this, just like Esther and Mordecai said, maybe uh, you're here for just a time as this. And I believe with everything on bad, with people no longer thinking for themselves, uh, with the fifth generation warfare, the fight for the narrative, the fight for the thoughts, we need to teach people how to think, not what to think, but how how to think. That's the critical. That's what Albert Einstein called education, not the learning of mere facts and figures, but the training of the mind to think. You and I don't need to think alike. We don't need to believe in the same things, but you should be able to give a logical reason of why you believe what you believe without using the F word or without bringing Donald Trump into it. And if you can't, then you're not any smarter than a fifth grader. The 20 most common blocks to leadership, number five, indecisiveness. People afraid to make a decision. Just decide, will you? If it's not the right one, make a better one next time. Number six, low expectations of others. This is a bar. We all have a bar. Expectations. And a lot of people have no expectations of others. And that sounds good. Why? Because expectations are the seeds of disappointment. So instead of having people step up and start doing better and meeting expectations, we just throw in the towel, throw the baby out with the bathwater and say, I'll just have no expectations. And that's what's happening in the world today. It's what happening in America today. We have no expectations of anything good from anybody. So whatever crap they do, we just accept it. Low expectation of others is when you lower the bar for everybody else. And by the way, do you know when it's lowered for everybody else? Who else is it lowered for? Ouch, right? If you can't say amen, say ouch. 
Fear of failure, number seven. These are people, the possibility of failure, they won't do it. And guess what? There's always a possibility of failure. But consider this. If you have an outcome that's less than the outcome you desired, we'll call that a failure, and you learn from that and you do better next time, was that a failure? I would say no, we gotta fail forward. And if you're not as successful as you want to be, it's because you haven't failed enough. Because unfortunately, it is a true idiom. It's a true statement. We learn far more from our failures than we do from our successes. Number eight, closed-minded. You know, we put blinders on horses because the periphery. They'll kick. They get startled and spooked easy. Why am I telling you this? You're not a horse. Take off your blinders. Man, I've never seen so many closed-minded people. And you know what the cry of the closed-minded person is? How closed-minded everybody else is. The hypocrisy in today's America is stunning. Where you have our deep state and our state-run media accusing their political opponents of doing exactly what they're doing. And half the America is just drones. They don't think for themselves. They're told what to think. Put your mask on. Stay home. Get three shots. Get six boosters. Oh, yes, sir. No, sir. How high, sir? Okay, sir. Just put that money in my bank account, sir. Critical. These are Ginsunai people. These are dream snatchers. You know the old saying, misery loves company. If you're out hunting crabs and you got a box, you never want to have a single crab in a box. You know why? Because that crab wants to get out. It'll climb out. If you want to keep that first crab in the box, you must pick up a second crab because those crabs will do everything they can to keep the other one from getting out. And if you've been alive longer than 10 years, then you realize that most human beings are part of the crustacean family because misery loves company. Number 10, lack of focus. This is the number one cause for accidents on the job site. This is also why our marriages die, why we forget our first love of God. Lack of focus. We're so busy. I used to hear saying all the time, if you, the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. We got 27 channels of ESPN now. We've got you know, our kids and baseball and soccer and all that. And we're, we're doing so much running around. And when Jesus walked this planet, the only thing he was busy about was his father's business. What are you busy about? Number 11, needing to be liked. That is a wall that every single human being possesses. For some of us, it is a garden wall. For some of you, it is the great wall that can be seen from outer space. Needing to be like a wanting to be like this is when you will not give constructive criticism. You're a people pleaser. Uh, the worst thing you could ever hear is no or someone's upset with you or mad at you. That's not funny. That's a needing to be liked. Number 12 and 13 are very closely related. Low self-worth, low self-esteem. Low self-worth relates to the vocation, to our relationship with God. Uh, let's say there's an opening in a department uh, and you uh, people say, oh, you should go for it. You'd be great. And you go, oh, no, not me. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough tenure, seniority, whatever you want to say. You just you don't see your own value. You don't see your own self-worth. Now, self-esteem is very closely related, but it's much more intimate, much more personal. Uh, decades ago, before I uh, realized what was going on, I was reading the L.A. Times. Uh, and uh, the L.A. Times, there was an article about these female gangs. And they said that the way that these girls get inducted in a female gang is they choose. They allow the male gang to gang rape them. Yeah. 
And of course, we all know how a young man gets into a gang, right? He allows his brothers to pummel him close to death. Yeah, boy, we got a lot of love like that in this America, huh? Boy, that's a love American style, right? Low self-esteem. Just to fit in to belong, you'll put yourself in harm's way. That's one of the greatest things we can do for any child is give them a sense of self. And the best way to do that is connect them to the God of the universe. And if not, uh, how will they know their life has value? How will they know that they're special? How will they know that even the heartaches and the struggles can be used for God's glory and their good? Number 14, focusing on problem. This is a focus issue. These are people, no matter what, are going to tell you what's wrong with something. And what you got to realize uh, is our feet and our eyes are connected. Our feet move in the direction that we're looking, and we look in the direction our feet are moving. And so it's a focus issue. And if you have someone in your, in your team that's always focused on problems, here's what you do. You mandate that everybody that brings you a problem brings you a potential solution. And whether it's the right solution or not, all you're doing is you're changing their focus, changing them from what's wrong to what could be right. Number 15, controlling versus empowering. That is the battle of most leaders, managers. Uh, my way or the highway or develop your people, a delegate, authority, and responsibility. One of the keys to delegation is remember, it's not finished until you report back to the person that gave you the job to do and you tell them it's finished. It's one thing I really worked with my staff and I used to have staff that followed SOP and followed instructions. Uh, in the last 10 years, I've had staff that basically do whatever they want, however they want. So. That's the reason why we have a lot of changes coming up so that we can uh, get to the next level. Number 16 and 17, very closely related, having to work hard and having to be perfect. There's the burden. Notice the having to. It's the burden. Having to work hard would be a workaholic. Now, there's nothing wrong with working hard. Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do hardly is unto the Lord and not to man. But what having to work hard, workaholic, these are people, men, let's be honest, we have a lot more authority at work than we do at home. So sometimes we do busy work at work and we avoid dealing with things at home. So make sure you're a hard worker, but you're not avoiding dealing with things at home. Number 70, having to be perfect. This is where you got to be the MacGyver of your life. Sometimes you can't wait till all the moons align. Sometimes you can't wait till everything's just right. Sometimes you got to take action and create a team that can come behind you and put the polish on things. Number 18, fear of rejection. The number one failure in salespeople, fear of rejection. The difference between a good salesperson and a bad salesperson is what happens in their head when they get the door slammed on them. What happens in their head when they get a, 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 a no, aggressive no. That's the difference. If they got a fear of rejection, they're going to beat themselves up. If they don't, they're going to get excited and get ready for the next call. Number 19, fear of embarrassment. These are people, if something can make them look silly, uh, they're not interested. And again, that's a that's a self-imposed wall. Number 20, lack of purpose. One of my favorite ones. I'm watching Alice in Wonderland with my daughter. She goes through the looking glasses, a fork in the road, and out of nowhere, Elgato appears as a Cheshire cat. And Alice asked that Cheshire cat a simple question, which one of these roads do I take? And the cat responded Socratically with another question, where are you going? And Alice said, I don't know. And then these wise words for a talking cat, then any road will take you there. I had to hit rewind. What did that cat just say? That cat just said, when you don't know where you're going, then any road 
We'll take you there. And that's what I do here at Like It Matters Radio and likeitmatters.net. I help you figure out who you are, why you're here, where you're going, and whose you are. Go to likeitmatters.net and check it out and listen daily to Like It Matters Radio. I'm Mr. Black reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does. You have been listening to Mr. Black, Master Trainer for Like It Matters. Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters.